This is the EVP Podcast. All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the EVP Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Beaker. Ghosty over here. And that's it. Yeah, just us. Just us. The cool ones. All that matter. Yep. The fun ones. Funyuns. <laughs> Funyuns. Funyuns are delicious. I'm too full to think about food. We just had pizza. It was delicious. 313, if you're in the area, that's the place to go. Yeah, if you're in Detroit. <laughs> Detroit. No, what was the name of the pizza place? Yo, it's Via 313, oh, but Via no, 313. It's, it's Detroit Style Pizza. Oh, yeah, it's delicious. 313 is the Detroit's area code. Oh, I, I wouldn't know that. I don't travel. Yeah. Except for today. Oh, we want to thank Mark for being on last week. Oh, yeah, thanks, buddy. Mark, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your stories with us. It was a blast having you on. Yep. And I know I you enjoyed it as well because you said so. Another um, successful, scared and fascinated. Yeah, that was that was scared and fascinated. That's a new series. Anytime we have a guest on that's never been on before, it's, it's going to be, be called... a scared and fascinated series. I love it. Just so you know, that was Ghosty's idea. All right, so this week we're going to Florida again because there's a lot of crazy. There's shit There's a lot there. of crazy shit in Florida. Well, Florida has St. Augustine, which was the oldest city in America. Yep. But that's not where we're going. We're going to Miami. Miami, Miami Florida. In about the 70s. 79. 79. There was what they are calling the Devil's Academy. Dun, dun, dun. dun. So scary. Some shit happened. I'm already so scared. I am. I'm fascinated. (laughs) So before we get into what happened at this academy in Miami, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the guy that started the academy. The general. The general. El General. El General. Um, so his name was Evaristo Marina, and he was born in 1930 in Cuba. And uh, he studied law at the University of Havana, and he had kind of like an, a, a feud with Fidel Castro while he went there. They did not like each other. You got a hair on your nose. On my nose? That's it. Uh-huh. Now it's gone. Professional podcasting. Um, so after he graduated, uh, I guess he argued a lot with uh, Fidel over Marxism. Uh, and he ended up graduating from the University of Havana, and shortly after, he kind of got the attention of the Cuban president, uh, last name Batista. Uh, he ended up making Marina a general director of public order, and this this kind of gave him access or control over like nightclubs, casinos in the area, and the police. So he was kind of kind of well to do. You know, he was higher up with the, the, the president. He got to kind of do his own thing. And he was, like, in his early 20s at this point. Oh, wow. So he got to kind of do whatever he wanted. Um, 1959 is when Fidel Castro had overthrown the presidency or the government there in Cuba, where he served as prime minister for, like, 12 years. But because uh, the general, uh, and I'll get why he called that a little bit later, but... He ended up fleeing to the U.S. because, you know, he didn't get along with Fidel. Fidel didn't like him. and obviously got exiled. He, he got exiled to Miami, along with a bunch of other Cubans. Um, they, they fled the government. And I know that uh, at this point in time, he ended up, you know, all of his schooling that he got there in Cuba, it didn't mean shit here in the U.S., yeah. I mean, it's still kind of the way it is today. Like, if you get schooling in other countries and you come here, the U.S. doesn't really recognize it, or at least they didn't in the past. So um, his degree didn't mean anything. His standing with the government didn't mean anything. So he started out as a, a busboy uh, and eventually worked his way up to being a waiter at the 
uh, the Biltmore Hotel there in Miami. The Biltmore. Yes. Sounds familiar. You may have you may have been there because you go there. I haven't been to Miami. Miami. Uh, you haven't been to Miami. You've been close though. But it sounds familiar. Like uh, I wonder if there's something that's happened there. I don't know. Maybe we can look it up later. All right. But um, so while he was a waiter there, he would serve some of his uh, other Cuban uh, refugee friends. Uh, they called themselves the Cuban Rotary Club of Exiles. And, you know, he would wait on them, and then his shift was over, he would take off his apron and stuff, and he would go join them and hang out with them. And he would always, at this point he was like 25, and he would always brag to them about how he was someday going to be the mayor of Miami. Which never happened. One day. Never happened. But, you know, one day he was going to do it. Um I guess the closest he ever got to being any part of the government was uh, he he was ended up coaching soccer for the Florida Air Academy in Melbourne. So yeah, he didn't actually do anything. Okay, he never he never came. He ran for office a couple times in the seventies, but he never actually won. Um, so. He got this idea while he was at the the air, air academy there. He got this idea that he was going to open it up his own school, and he was going to use the a combination of Cuban discipline and the values of the American military. That's what he was going to teach at his school. So he started a small beverage company named Iron Beer Soft Drinks, and this was most likely named after a popular Cuban soda that had the same name. Yeah, I heard that. That's what he just, like, stole the name and Pretty just much. branded it here and yeah. sold it with, like, almost the same ingredients and just ripped it off, ripped off, ripped off the company. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like, what are they going to do? The Cubans aren't going to do anything. Yeah. They're, like, the Cuban company, it's not like they're going to come here and sue them. But, <laughs> yeah, while, while he was doing that, he also joined the Civil Air Patrol, which is an auxiliary of the U.S. Air Force. And the highest rank he ever received there was Lieutenant Colonel. Okay. Okay. So, 1968, he ends up selling his beverage company for quite a bit of money, uses this money to open what he called the Miami Aerospace Academy. Now, keep in mind, as far as I could tell, this is not an actual, like, military academy. It wasn't sanctioned by the government at all. No. He just, just... He just opened up a school and called it the Aerospace Academy because that was kind of the thing back then. He got... Pictures of, like, outer space and stuff like that, and that's how he convinced people to come to his schools. <laughs> We're the Aerospace Academy. Um, he actually went as far as, like, changing his Civil Air Patrol uniform, kind of doctored it up, added a couple stars. Added a lot of stars. And started calling himself El General, or the General. Um, so he promoted himself when he bought his own school. Um, he actually, all the teachers he brought on, uh, the way he ran this is just, I'm not sure how it got as far as it did. Cause it ran from 68 until well into the eighties. Into the eighties. Yeah. So, um, he would bring on teachers that didn't have any accreditation at all. They weren't licensed te- teachers. Um, I know at one point he said, you know, you could get a licensed teacher in there and they could be a homosexual and like they made their motto uh, something to do with like I, I didn't write this one down but he made their motto where they were like needed to be disciplined and and they would war against homosexuality like it wasn't okay at this school the hell nah, this dude was weird um, so weird that he actually instead of his teachers he didn't call them teachers he called them colonels and majors um, he gave them 
titles that they never earned because you know they're not actually military. <laughs> um, he called the students cadets and he made them wear Air Force blue. He would also make them wear like helmets and like um, like cargo khaki or um, camel pants, and sometimes to make them like march through the, the the grounds there at the school. So he was trying to turn it into like a legit military school according to what he thought it should be, and it was it was insane when I found out how much like tuition was because like I said, this opened in nineteen sixty eight, ran through the seventies. There were some students that were paying like $65 a month to go there in the 70s. Damn. And there were some other students that were paying like six grand a year to attend this academy. And I think those were the ones that were like boarded there that lived there at the academy. Probably. Um, They had it set up to where boys and girls were taught in separate classes. They didn't share classes at the time when he first opened it up. Um, He also started enrolling teenagers that were straight out of juvie. Yeah. Uh, brought them in, and he actually gave them false identities, changed their names so parents of the other students wouldn't know about the crimes they committed oh. and they, to make their children feel safe. So he ended up started, he started getting this reputation of uh, straightening out bad teenagers because of this, and enrollment just, like, skyrocketed. Started getting a lot of students. Um, because of how many students he had, they actually – he made a, a – ton of money doing this he ended up um the original school was kind of like in a district that had a bunch of military shops and he ended up uh making so much money that he bought a, a kind of a school building that was across the street or down the street from miami high school he bought it was on sitting on 1.3 acres of property and uh, he bought it for a million dollars back in uh, i think it was 1972 um, this new campus had a two-story classroom building, also had an office building and an Olympic-sized swimming pool. Damn. Right. Um, when he bought the new school, he actually hired a camera crew to come in and shoot a commercial for the school, and he played this in movie theaters across Southern America. Uh, he was basically trying to get the wealthy people that lived in those countries to really? get there. To get their kids, yeah, this dude was like, this dude was money hungry, power hungry. Like, he wanted to be in control of things. He wanted money, obviously. That's why he was running for government as well. Um, So when he actually started playing these ads, some of the wealthy families in those southern countries were actually flying their kids up here to the U.S. to board them at the academy. Damn. And... I think by 1971, so in like three short years, he had over a thousand students enrolled in his school. Wow. And he did K through 12. So it wasn't just like high school. It wasn't middle school. It was all the grades. So, I mean, that's a thousand kids over 12 yeah. grades. Um, in 1972, he actually used the funds he got from the school to run for city commission, and he ended up losing. Uh, and also in 1972, he obtained a U.S. Air Force F-84 fighter jet. <laughs> what? Yeah. And this dude, this, this is how kind of whack this guy is. When he brought it to the school, he brought it in the middle of the day, like on a busy day. Uh, the, the jet was too big to go down the streets that he was bringing it down. It was like hitting palm trees and like breaking the trees and shit. Get to the school, and he put it up above the main entrance to where everybody could see it. And it was just kind of one of those things he did, so it would like kind of lure boys in, like, this is a cool school, I want to go here. Um, 
That sounds creepy, lure boys. Yeah, dude. I mean, it was it was more like kids that were wanting to join the military. That was one of the ways he got them to come to his school. Um, in 1973, just a year later, he filed for bankruptcy. The, the school did, anyways. The school mm-hmm. filed for bankruptcy. Although it kept running for like another 15 years after. So they didn't shut it down. Um, when he did file for bankruptcy to try to entice more students to enroll at his school, he started offering classes like uh, military science, fencing, and judo. <laughs> military science? That's what it said. I don't know exactly what military science is. Maybe someone else knows and they can tell us. But, yeah, they started offering military science, uh, judo, and fencing. Um, It got to the point where he was so into discipline that he brought on this dude. um, I don't know if he was a major or what his role was. Um, They called him Major McKinley. Mm Mm-hmm. And this dude was, like, way into discipline, disciplining the students. He was the ass-whooping Pretty man. much. He had this big cricket paddle that they drilled holes in. and Wind resistance. Yeah, wind resistance. All the people in the in the documentary. So we, I found this on the – it's another one of those shock docs on Discovery Plus. They talked about this. Um, a lot of the students said it was because it would whistle. No, it's wind resistance. You mm-hmm. drill those holes in that thing, there's no wind resistance. It makes it so you could swing harder and faster. Faster. And – so and he had this so this cricket paddle named Big Ben. Mm-hmm. Um, they were like, very, I guess they were very strict. Like they don't like the students talking when they weren't supposed to. Like they had all these rules that they had to follow, and if they didn't, they would basically get pulled into the office, and McKinley would whoop their ass with this cricket paddle. <laughs> and depending on how severe your demerit was, uh, it would be one to three paddles. And I mean, they, they, he would hit hard, like. You hear people crying, apparently, when they did this. Like, they basically, they ruled this school with fear because they were afraid they were going to get abused. So, you've already, you, you, and you might be wondering what this has to do with the, what's going on. So, right here with this abuse, we're starting to instill fear and bring some of those negative uh, energies or negative emotions into this school. That's how it starts. That's how it starts, is abuse. I mean, look at a lot of Ass serial whooping. killers. Ass whoopings. Yep. Um so apparently one of the things that they claimed the general did is practice Santeria. They said he would show up to school wearing white clothes. And um, I guess there was other students that also started practicing. You got to keep in mind, like most of the students at this school were Cuban. Mm-hmm. And um, for those of you that know what Santeria is, it's, it's just kind of a, it literally means saint worship. And it's a religion that more or less combines African culture and like Roman Catholic teachings. And a lot of the times the rituals they did involved the blood of animal sacrifices. And because of this, they said that they would find like uh, chickens laying around all over the place, like without their heads, or sometimes they would have like a red ribbon tied around their neck with three knots. Uh, They would also find a lot of these blackened pennies that were also uh, just kind of around. and, And they were said to have, Protected people against the evil eye. I'm not exactly sure what that is, but um, so there's rumors that he was doing it. Not just him, but some of the other students were practicing Santeria. And I'll, I'll Said go. The teachers, like they the, were his henchmen. Yeah, the teachers were his henchmen. They were doing his bidding and stuff for him. And I'll just go out and say right now, like, like other religions, like Voodoo and Santeria, like Hollywood and the media is going to tell you that it's all bad. And um, 
there's a good and bad side of every religion, to be honest with you. Right. Um, in my opinion, anyways. So just because you hear that they're practicing something doesn't mean in their eyes couldn't, they could be doing something good. They could be doing something bad. You don't know. That's for us. We don't practice Santeria and we don't got no crystal ball. I, you know, he had a million dollars and he spent it all. <laughs> he sure did. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was hoping that was going to work its way in there. <laughs> Don't worry, I got you. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> so, um, apparently what these kids did to kind of combat this abuse, to kind of to get their minds off of things, they started practicing the occult. Dun, dun, dun. dun, dun, dun. The occult evil. Don't do it. That's According, part two. That's how part two happens. Yeah. <laughs> First is whooping ass. The next is the occult. The occult. <laughs> So these kids got really into like tarot cards and spirit boards. And I love on this, this documentary where you get the Catholic priest in there and the quote unquote expert demonologist. Yeah. Talking about how bad tarot cards is. It's a form of spirit communication. Well, yeah, it is. Um, so is like what we do so with our millimeters and K2s and spirit boxes and <laughs> All the equipment we use on a ghost town, it's all spirit communication. But you got to keep in mind, this is the 70s. This is when there was the... The, the, the Warrens were just getting known. The Warrens were getting known. There was a lot of stuff going on there. You also had the whole... The Devils Everywhere. The Exorcist um, I mean, movie. Exorcist, Exorcist came out in 1973. So uh, everyone's all still hyped up on that juice. The, the Devil is Everywhere. So, like, <laughs> Ouija boards are bad. And and um, I guess they said something like in, in the mid-70s, there was something like 700 cases of possession a month that the hospitals were treating mm-hmm. i guarantee you they weren't actual possessions but right just everyone assumed that the devil was just everywhere and um he didn't go down to georgia this time he went to miami the crack was hitting the streets around this time <laughs> so so they got uh, apparently the teachers were teaching the kids how to use tarot cards and how to use the spirit boards conducting seances in their class practicing hypnotism stuff like that so You've got all of this going on in the school, and I've said it before where I feel like spirit boards and tarot cards are just a form of spirit communication. The problem is, is you don't always know what you're doing or who you're talking to. Tarot cards, I kind of, I've never looked at those as bad. I've just kind of didn't think they've actually worked until I've had a, a real tarot reading. Right. And it's crazy how that thing works sometimes. But spirit boards, you're like, you're allowing spirits to manipulate your body, not just the planchette. In my opinion, anyways, I could be wrong, but um, so you've got all this this stuff going on, the abuse, the, the all the uh, quote unquote occult stuff um, that's bringing in all this bad energy, apparently. Um, and I guess to top it all off, so on October twenty fourth, nineteen seventy nine, uh, some of the students had this big house party. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And I know there was a couple of the kids that were like arguing over one of the guys' girlfriend. I think one of the dudes had like slept with some guy's girlfriend, and there was an argument that broke out about that. At the same time, you know, there's drinking and drugs going on. I don't know if there's drugs. There was drinking going on, and there was also some girls in the bathroom playing Bloody Mary, another ooh, scary thing to do. Yeah. Um, we all played that. Uh, yeah, we did. Some of us in like second grade in, yeah. in school, <laughs> yeah. at school on a rainy day when there's nothing else to do. Yeah, go to the bathroom, turn the lights off. Yep. Um, 
some of us might have cried like a little bitch, but they were only like seven years old when it happened. But I'm not going to name any names. <laughs> but yeah, so you had this party going on. This fight broke out and uh, the Bloody Mary apparently scared some of the girls. So the next day, October 25th, there was about about 12, 15 in the afternoon. There was a girl that was still kind of distraught over all of the stuff that had happened the night before at the party with the Bloody Mary and the argument. They they said it was possibly one of her boyfriend. It was her boyfriend that got in the fight, I believe. And so the teacher decided she was going to do like this hypnosis session on this student to kind of help her repress those memories or regress or work through them or whatever. And from what I understand, she was like reluctant at first. She didn't want to do it. And the teacher kept insisting. So she finally did because, you know, they rule the school with fear. She was kind of afraid that if she didn't do it, she was going to get in trouble and she's going to get her ass beat. I remember so, the teacher was like pressing her. You're going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the teacher tried to put her on a hypnosis. Now keep in mind this teacher, they're just random assholes they found on the street. Basically. Um, they're not, like I said, they're not certified. They're not licensed teachers. They, mm-hmm. they're just there. They're cronies. Um, pretty much. So she starts this hypnosis session and it kind of goes wrong. It scares the girl. She gets up and runs out of the room down the hall to the bathroom. And some of her friends follow her. There was like four girls that followed her to the bathroom. They got there. She's laying on the ground, freaking out. The girls are like, what's going on? What's going on? And apparently she said, the devil is inside of me. And this is where they claim that she started levitating like two feet off the air while she was laying on the, the ground. And then from there, all hell just broke loose in this high school. <laughs> like, it was like a full-on riot. The two boys from the night before started fighting each other again. Um, one of the crazy things is, is there was a kid that threw himself out the two-story window. Yeah, they said he jumped out of a two-story window and landed on the cement and just landed just fine. Yeah, he let, landed. There was He didn't have any show any signs of injury. Got up. One of the teachers Demon went up to boy. see. Yeah, one of the teachers went to see if he's okay, and I guess the kid yelled at him and he's like, "Get away from me!" The the teacher said the kid's eyes had like turned red. His facial features had changed. He doesn't his look face like himself. was broken and his right, eyes probably. are bleeding. Right. <laughs> well, he fell out of two story window, like landed on the concrete. He's got blood coming out of his eyes and his jaws broken. Get away from me! <laughs> um, but like apparently the kid attacked the teacher. And they, they claim the kid was like, had the strength of like 10 men. <laughs> and meanwhile, like inside, like there's the fights breaking out. There was kids running around, ripping doors off the door hinges. Yeah. That's like, what they said. They, they said they were just tearing the school apart. And there was something like 40 kids that were just, they, they were acting like crazy monsters. They didn't look like themselves. Uh, I think some of the other ones they said they had red eyes as well. Kids are freaking out. They're crying and screaming because they don't know what the hell's going on. Like, complete and utter chaos. And they ended up calling the fire department. The fire department shows up. The police shows up. Media shows up. Like, everyone shows up. Because this this school of, I think at the time, there was like 300 students there. Well, they said at this party, there was like, everybody was doing something with the occult at this party as well, didn't they? Oh, yeah. They were playing with the spirit board. So everybody that was like involved in Santeria or anything was all at this party and they were all doing it together. And so it was like just one massive hotbed of opening portals and bad stuff to come in. 
so when they go to school the next day, all of a sudden it all just comes out. Yep. Apparently all like 40 kids or whatever. Possessed. We're all possessed at the same time, running around, tearing up the school, freaking the hell out of all the other students. It was just, it was pandemonium. It was complete chaos. Yeah. And it went on for like three hours. <laughs> and I don't know how they say that, like what happened after, did everyone just calm down and say, oh, I'm fine now? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, after three hours, every everyone just kind of calmed down and they're like, we're good. Um, the, the the funny thing is, is like this whole time this is going on, the general is nowhere to be found. Uh, he had actually, I think he had actually taken off a week before because he was running for Miami uh, mayor office, I believe at the time. And so he had left his brother in charge of the school. Oh. And after everything went down, like this dude was so committed. He's like, there's nothing paranormal that happened here. This is just a ploy. Like my opponents put these kids up to it to ruin my chances of becoming mayor. They're trying to hurt my political career is what the, the guy's claim was. And this was like 48 hours after the incident happened because, like I said, they was nowhere to be found when it went down. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's the um, the Devil's Academy. Like That's why they call it that. 40 kids were all possessed at the same time for about three hours. And like like you said, just at the end of it, it just kind of calmed down. So there's some speculation that at this party that they all just kind of got together and came up with this plan to just, I don't know, cause a riot, cause a scene instead of, you know, make it look like they were possessed. I can totally see that being a thing. I mean, you're in this school, you're pretty much living your life. There's some kids were boarded there. They lived there. Uh, and they were scared all the time. They were scared all the time. They were afraid they were going to get beaten. And I could see it being a way of them retaliating, wanting to get back at the, the staff of this quote-unquote school. Yeah, and to uh, also ruin the general's reputation right. because they know he was probably running for office and wanted to ruin it because to get attention on what, what's going on at his school. Yeah, I mean, this is, this whole thing is like crazy. Like I, I mean, on the documentary, the one guy said this is probably the most significant paranormal event that's ever happened in u.s history and i'm, I'm gonna disagree with them on that yeah i don't see this being paranormal i see it more as a uh yeah let's get this guy in trouble like yeah i, I read a couple articles on this documentary um i even thought about it. the first time i started watching it i'm like how do we know they weren't all on drugs when this how, how do we not know this is wasn't a bad trip on something <laughs> with these kids because like one article i read said like lsd for example can give you some of those things where you're able to kind of, it kind of heightens some of your senses, I guess. And you don't know what the hell you're doing. Uh, and they said it can, mm. and some people, I don't know about, I've never done it, so I don't know. I didn't do a whole lot of research on it. This is what the article said. Okay. <laughs> I can tell you about it. I'm sure you could. Um, this is what the article said. Like they could have been tripping on LSD. That's what made them be able to like jump out the window or rip the doors off the hinges and stuff like that. I don't, guys, I don't know. I've seen guys rip doors off hinges on alcohol. See, in high school. So, I mean, not, I could see how. So they could have been, I mean, they were drinking the night before. Maybe they were still drunk. Maybe they're still drinking. I don't know. Well, I mean, they just got that strength already. Maybe they can just right. do it. I just, for in my opinion, I don't think this is anything paranormal. I don't think so either. I think they, these kids got together and like, let's do, let's cause some ruckus. But I, I kind of agree with that more. Um, I, I do think it's funny though. That documentary didn't explore 
like any of these other aspects. No, they, they just, just pretty much said they were was, possessed. It, they were 100% possessed. And it was the most paranormal event of the century. Right. Like, it was just, it, I thought it was insane that they didn't look at other objects. No. I mean, they did have like some psychologists on there as well. And I think one of them did mention something like mass hysteria. Like, like if one, you know, you got a bunch of people that are scared, that's going to cause, it's just going to kind of. And I think that priest, I think that well. priest was edited to fit the narrative of the show. I'm sure he was because you could see when they would show his parts, and it was like cut in a certain way where he was like mid sentence saying something, and the cut while he wasn't he finished saying whatever he was he was saying. So yeah, they were totally trying to fit the narrative. Yeah, it was just it was. I mean, it was really hard to watch. Um, I think on imbd.com it had like a five star review out of ten. Oh, well, it doesn't help that I watched it multiple times because I couldn't keep paying attention to it. I had the same problem. It was hard to get through. So they they just they were so repetitive. It, it's a show that I probably would have only watched once and without paying attention, I would have still never wanted to watch it again. But before the sake of this podcast, I watched it probably three or three or four times. I, I watched it twice, and <laughs> it was it was really hard to get through both. times. I fell asleep the first couple times. It was, well, yeah. just because I watched it late at we're, night. We're just we're paraphrasing this documentary for you, um, just to save you an hour and forty or was it an hour and thirty it, minutes. Goddamn. Like well, if it depends if you're watching commercials or not. Right. Probably two hours with commercials. Yeah, I mean, and they they covered the same stuff over and over again. You probably hear about the girl levitating in the bathroom about seven times. Yeah, and then still no, I don't think there was any witnesses that ever said anything about that. There's like you won't find witnesses that. Is, We'll talk about that. No, I guess there's still there's like a an alum page on Facebook that's run by some of the former students that yeah. were there at the time when it happened. Oh, really? Did they and call bullshit? I, th- I, th- I know they all refused to participate in the documentary. Because um, they're probably like, I see where this is going. Yeah, I probably. I, I think they kind of thought it was going to be bullshit because I don't think some of the students think it was paranormal at all. I don't. There was a couple former students that did get on the show. But I don't think that either one of They were probably students, in on it. They were probably part of the party. Well, here's, here's the thing is, I don't think either one of the students they interviewed were actually there when it happened. Oh, gotcha. I think they just were in Because it was just one day out of many it, years. Yeah, it was. Like I said, it ran from like 1968 when he first opened it to, I mean, this ran until like the mid-80s, late 80s. Well, so this school also, like, they started going under and they moved. Oh, yeah. So it went, they sold the property and they, he ended up buying this old rundown hotel. And started the school out of that old hotel. And after a few years of that, it got deemed un- uh, unlivable. And they, was it like condemned, basically? Yeah, it was pretty much condemned. It pretty much was just condemned in the 80s. And then he just, I don't know, just lived off of Social Security or something. I don't know. But he just died back in like 2009 or 2011 or something. Yeah, it wasn't too long ago. Yeah, but... I mean, in the 80s, I found an article, a newspaper article, and this was also kind of, I think, mentioned in the documentary, but in the 80s, after this all happened, the school was under fire again because there was, like, some of the male students had raped one of the female students. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if it was rape or she just ended up being pregnant. And they were like, how the hell did this happen? Uh, Yeah, there was just a lot of bad things kept happening. And so, yeah, they just just went under. They had no money to, to repair anything. And so, yeah... (laughs) <laughs> the place got condemned. Well, that's because he was he was taking all the money from the school, buying jets, buying jets, uh, just to drive him down the street once, and <laughs> funding his mil- his uh, his political campaign. 
oh yeah, probably having to f- uh, fund that whole thing. Yeah, well, that's what that's where I got the money from. Was yeah, the, from, from the, school. the school. He was funding his political campaign from the funds from the school instead of putting upkeep into the school. So the school like literally started falling apart. So he was really like going for that. One day I'll become mayor. Like well, yeah, he was going for it. That's why when this happened, he was like straight up pissed. Oh, it's my opponents. They're attacking me. They they got the students to do this. No, sir. You're just dumb. <laughs> yeah. So general, 100%. General dumbass. I just, I've heard of mass possession before. Like once in the Bible with Legion where they like send them into the pigs or whatever. Yeah. Like, but that's, I like studying the paranormal. And I could be wrong. Maybe there's other cases of mass possession that I'm unaware of. Um, but this is the first time I've heard about a mass possession in the U.S. Uh, yeah, and I call bullshit to that. Yeah, I do too. I think it was just that it's, it's either the students were on something or, in, in my opinion, the students were on something or they were just pissed at the staff and they were trying to get revenge. I think it was a flash mob. <laughs> Could have been. Flash mob. It was like first. the first documented flash mob. Pretty much. I think so. I think this school was the first documented flash mob instead of the whole possession. Nah, no. No, I mean, this this made the news, too. Like, uh, not just locally. Like, New York Times had picked it up, like, the day after it happened. Like, it made national news. Yeah. And I just barely heard about it two weeks ago. <laughs> um, but that's just crazy. Can you imagine being there? Like, say you weren't one of the students that was, quote-unquote, possessed. So you were just there, and then all this, everything just kind of started going downhill real quick. Everyone's running around. Like, what would you think if you saw like multiple people just running around pulling doors off the hinges? I'd be like, "This is insane." Like, like, apparently, you've seen it once before. Yeah, I've I've been there. That's I was like, "This is insane." <laughs> just tearing apart the school. Like, can you imagine? That'd be like, yeah. Because we went to the same high school. Like, I don't know what I would have done if if. Our school broke out like that, and and people were just—I mean, there was people that were seriously injured and taken to the hospital because of this. I, I can't imagine what it would have been like. I think the worst we ever had was—you remember when our school cop stabbed himself because he was addicted to painkillers? I heard about that happened the year. It was my me. senior year. It was your senior year. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, it was my senior year, so it would have been your junior year. Oh shit. That, that was the craziest thing that ever happened at our school while I was there. Huh. That and there was the whole. <clears throat> the whole lockdown. Oh, no, that was the same thing. Because the guy blamed it on two students he didn't like. So they literally, like, locked the place down. They searched every single car and every school bus before we could leave the property. That's... That's, that's like, the craziest thing that's ever happened when I don't I was remember that. You were probably high somewhere. I probably was. Um, but don't, I don't doubt that. Yeah, I was no, that probably was, skipping class. That was my senior year. I remember my, my uh, photography teacher was all excited. He's like, our school is now ghetto. You remember Coach Bowers? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's who it was. And then he was pissed when he found out the school co- had stabbed himself because he was addicted to painkillers. He's like, we're no longer ghetto. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't, I don't know what I would have done, you know, being 16, 17. Well, I mean, now, everyone nowadays, was running around. nowadays, everyone would just pull out their phones and record it. Pretty much. Because that's the only thing I think I would do now. I'd be like, oh shit, world star. <laughs> I'm going to die. Film. <laughs> I don't know, that's, that's the important thing. You got to pull that camera. You got to start recording. That's got to document everything. I mean, other than that, you could you could have pulled out your pen and start re- writing everything down, scribing it all. <laughs> all right, eleven ten a.m. Johnny Where's, ripped the door off and is now punching 
<laughs> general and the or whoever the where's our stenographer to keep track of everything that's going yeah, on? Yeah, stenographer. Well, that's pretty much it for the academy. Pretty much, yeah. Bullsh- it's kind of a short episode. I know bullshit he, academy. Yeah, the the bullshit devil's academy. <laughs> I yeah, not paranormal in my opinion. Not paranormal in my opinion. All right. So yeah, th- um, yeah, we're not too bad on time. Um, we've had shorter episodes. Yeah, we have. We're still good. But we uh, thank you for listening to our episodes. Uh, follow us on social media on evp.pod at Instagram and Facebook. If you have a story you'd like to share with us, email us at evp.pod at gmail.com. You can also check out our affiliate link on our link tree to Ghost Off. That's where we buy all of our ghost hunting gear. And yeah, there's also a link to donate to our uh, PayPal if you want to support us further in that way so we can get some ghost yachts. bigger ghost yachts or get into other venues so we can talk about some of our investigations. Yeah, yeah, faux show. Well, Thanks for listening, y'all. Go see, don't play that. Peace out, butterflies. This is the EVP Podcast. <laughs>